Hey guys, welcome to Apologetics Discipleship. Uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Ben Mitten. And I am Casey Finn. And today we are wrapping up our series on the moral argument. And, uh, and so for those who are just joining us, you'll want to go back to the moral argument part one and start there to get an introduction to the argument. And then, of course, part two, where we get into the premises more in depth. And, and now, in this podcast, we are going to address some responses or uh, rebuttals, if you will, to uh, the two premises, which lead to the conclusion that therefore God exists. And, uh, and what were the two premises? Remind us. The, the two premises is, it goes like this. Premise one, if God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. Premise two, objective moral values and duties do exist. And then the conclusion follows that God exists. And so um, if, given atheism, there, are, there should be no objective moral values and duties, however, we find that there are objective moral values and duties, then that means that atheism is false. Um, and so we are arriving to the conclusion that God exists based upon the premises that uh, if he does not exist, there would not be objective moral values and duties. However, we do indeed find them. When we experience them, we experience them every day. Right. Um, and so uh, a lot of people um, go uh, with one or two ways to to get around this, and, and that would be to reject one of the premises. Right. And now, last week, we we talked about some rejection to premise two, and, and we said that the response to that should be to just give uh, common uh, cases of clear... Uh, situations in which there there is a moral prohibition or obligation um, <clears throat> on the person, or a value judgment is right. is obvious. And so, what I mean by that is, uh, by um, a clear case would be: is it morally different uh, to uh, abuse or torture uh, someone rather than loving them? Is that is there a moral, there a moral difference? difference between those two things, and um, and that and is that is that difference objective? Meaning that even if someone else disagreed with with you, would you still affirm it? Right. Um, and say that it's still true, regardless of whether or not someone disagrees with me. That it's not just a cultural it's conditioning. Not, exactly. Yes. Um, but when we come to premise one and some of the responses to that, I think that it, it can get a little bit uh, more technical. And so, and so that's where we'll hone in on. Okay. But there's, there's one, there's one uh, attempt to rebut the argument that is... Really, that doesn't de- does it deal with one of the two premises? It, it does, but I think it tries to undermine the argument as as a whole, and okay. it's called the euthyphro dilemma. Oh yes, yes okay. Yes, yes. And so uh, let's let's, uh, let's let me give this here. And this is this is from uh, William Lane Craig's book where he outlines the the euthyphro dilemma in uh, on guard, and it says. Okay. <clears throat> 
that this dilemma is named after a character a character in one of Plato's dialogues. It basically goes like this. Is something good because God wills it? Or does God will something because it is good? If you say that something is good because God wills it, then what is good becomes arbitrary. God could have willed that hatred is good, and then we would have been morally obligated to hate one another. That seems crazy. Some moral values at least seem to be necessary. But if you say that God wills something because it is good, then what is good or bad is independent of God. In that case, moral values and duties exist independently of God, which contradicts premise one. Right. And so uh, you're, you're left there with two horns of the dilemma. And I think this is a popular one for atheists when it comes to dealing with morality and the moral argument. It is. It is. Because uh, you don't want to be that, that, that just whatever, uh, whatever God says willy-nilly you know, right. becomes the, the moral obligation. And you don't also you also don't want to say that God appeals to some other standard for right. morality because then that becomes the ground and not God. Right. Uh, and so the the theist is left in this awkward position of, you know, thinking to himself, oh, oh, which one do I choose right. here? But you're going to have to land on something you don't really want to land on either way. Yes. Yes. And so, um, what theists have done is to say that this is actually a false dilemma. Yeah. And they, they say that we're going to split the horns here. And that would be to say that God wills something because he is good. Right. In other words, he himself is the grounding for all moral right. values. And those are expressed in his commandments, which become our moral duties. Right. Uh, and so this, this objection, although long-lasting and sadly still alive, uh, has been... Uh, has been put to death many times. Right. <laughs> it keeps coming back, it, back to life. It keeps coming back. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, personally, as I look at it, to me, that makes perfect sense. And I don't really understand why it would be such a long-lasting thing. Because if you see all of his commands as issuing or flowing out of his character... Yes. His character is is bound up in his being. Yes. So yes. There, his character is not saying that can be separated from who he is. Right, right. It's the commands that flow out of his character. So God yes. could not command, for instance, you know, to, to play football with babies yes. as the ball. Yes. Because that would be completely contrary to his character. Exactly. And that is exactly why you went, you went, you went down the same track that my mind was going. These, these hypothetical scenarios that people often you know, levy at the theist and say, what if God did such and such? And those, I think it needs to be made clear to the um, interlocker right. uh, that uh, to ask a theist a question like what you just what you just uh, suggested, like to f- play football with babies as the ball, is like asking the theist, uh, what if you've seen a square circle? Right. Uh, yeah, it, it's like these two things... Are are just a combination of words that are they're they're lacking any meaningful content. Right. You know, you just you just blurred words the, together uh, that that create nonsense. That create nonsense. Yeah. Well, it would be the same as to me. You know, as as asking about a human being 
flapping his hands and flying or yeah, yeah. you know or living a perfect life and yeah. never never doing wrong it's yeah. like that's just part of now the nature yes. of humanity to act in certain ways yeah. or not to act in certain ways yeah yeah and so uh and so that that dilemma actually gets us and, and i think that's a good way to use the euthyphro objection uh as a way to make your case stronger and more clear to the person right. you're talking to. Uh, and so with the the answer that actually our, our moral values are grounded in, in God's nature and those are expressed in his commands become our moral duty, you actually, uh, so to speak, uh, take care of the these hypothetical scenarios that someone's going to levy at you uh, and say, hey, what if this? Right. Well, that can't be because... Uh, because these moral values are grounded in God's very nature. Yeah. Uh, the next, the next objection would be uh, what could be called atheistic moral Platonism, and and these this objection is about is about as weird I think as they get. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's probably not one that is held by a large number of people. <laughs> no, uh, the the last person that I heard hold something close to this was in a debate with uh, is this Vi- Weilenberg? yeah Eric Weilenberg yeah, okay. of NC State and uh, and him and Craig had a had a debate and and it was really amazing like, were you there I was is there this is the one that you went yeah to? this okay. is the one that I went to actually this is the first time I got to meet Craig and stuff and it's funny because Craig had this slideshow that he had someone had whipped up for him you know to go through his talk right. And uh, and it it made it humorous because you just had these words in midair that that uh, like justice and equality and somehow these words came down on certain actions and imposed themselves on certain actions. So like whenever a a man or a husband loves his wife, the attribute, the moral virtue of goodness would just clothe this situation you know and and you're like what is this and and where does this come from and and uh, and so the the um, the idea here of why why cannot moral platonism first what is moral platonism moral platonism will be like there are these so to speak forms would that be right casey yeah. that are that are suspended in an abstract universe if you could think right. of such a thing and they um they just exist, and so the the perfect virtue of justice just exists as a form in uh, in this abstract universe, and and that's justice. Right. And then you have mercy or goodness or love, and so when it, with the with the absence of such a of such a good uh, a goodness about one's life, then they would not right. you know line up with the perfect forms. Uh, and but the question of, of why doesn't moral Platonism uh, work as a sufficient grounding for moral values and duties is that uh, number one, um, what exactly uh, does the form of goodness hold upon me to accomplish certain acts? In other words, what why should I be good? Uh, in respect to this form of justice, right? What what uh, imposes such a such a, a, a willingness to act just on me because of certain a certain form in the air, 
and uh, and the, the mere lack of evidence, I guess, for these forms would be another thing that would count against them. Uh, did, did did and and you may not remember, or yeah. or you may not have touched on it, but did yeah. did um, Willenberg discuss the origin of these forms? Not not to my recollection. Okay. No, it just uh, it's just uh, just that they're there. Just platonic platonic yeah. forms. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing: if if you're going to get around that yeah. first premise, yeah, right yeah. that that um, that the the existence of mm-hmm. objective moral duties and yeah. values is yeah. tied to God, yeah. You got to figure out some way to remove God and to say, well, objective morals and duties exist, but they exist apart from any kind of God giving them. Yeah. And this is just an example yeah. of positing that they just exist, yeah. but but have and, no. And two, remember, this is atheistic moral Platonism. Right. Uh, you may be able to make sense out of a certain divine uh, being. Uh, creating such abstract objects as forms of goodness, justice, mercy, and things like that. Um, But this makes no sense from an atheistic point of view because these things are abstract objects. Right. And how does... Well, and think about it. For a duty to be a duty or a value to be a value, there has to be a person to give that duty, to make that a duty, or to give something value. Things don't have value apart from persons giving something value. Yes. And yes. we have no duties unless yeah. we have a person to be dutiful to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then last is, uh, would be a, a form of humanism, uh, which basically, as far as, as far as my understanding of humanism would go, would be that uh, one ought to be good uh, just, just because, really. Because it leads to human flourishing, flourishing. and and things like that, but then that alone needs a justification. Right. Just that very thing, and what what would that be, and why would humans flourishing flourishing be the grounding point or the stopping point for where all moral questions find their answer? Um, I d- I don't think that 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 is sufficient, but the the theist. Um, looks to God as the as the stopping point for where one goes to find the uh, the sufficient ground because God is the perfect good. He is the supreme good. Uh, but humans definitely have shown that they aren't <laughs> supreme good at all. And so uh, I don't know why uh, humanism would be a an ethical framework that I would that I would give any sort of credence to. Yeah. And so those are the uh, those are the main objections to uh, premise premise one. In other words, people are looking for um, are looking for answers outside of God to ground objective moral values and duties and and. Uh, well, that's kind of what it comes down to, right? We either you would yeah. either have to find something else. Uh, that moral duties and values come from something else than God, mm-hmm. and so this is why either nothing, which was the atheistic uh, Platonism would, yeah. or humans, which is what humanism would, um, or you have to deny that object that there are objective mm-hmm. morals and mm-hmm. duties, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. So you've got to give up. You got to figure out. You know, one of those in yeah. order to come up with a way to not reach the conclusion that the moral yeah. argument provides. Yeah. 
And so uh, just in, in, uh, in closing, to summarize what we've said so far, if one grants both premises, as I said in the first podcast, then the conclusion that God exists follows inescapably because it's a, it's a deductive uh, argument. And, uh, and this argument can be, uh, can be uh, I guess, wielded, if you will, uh, very easily because people make moral claims all the time. Um, whether you're talking to someone about religion and they bring up the Crusades or, you know, these uh, passages in Scripture that, are, that seem to them to be off base or um, anything, you know, hypo- hypocrites and the church all the time. Uh, any of those objections can be brought around to say, oh, do you think that is evil? Well, then let me introduce you to this argument uh, for the existence of God if you're talking to someone who is an atheist. And so uh, it works just uh, so so easily and so quickly. So that would uh, conclude uh, the podcast for, for this time. So I hope that you get to uh, get into some conversations that use the moral argument. And uh, just so you know, some resources that you could use, uh, ones that I've looked to and used for this podcast would be definitely Reasonable Faith, a third edition by Craig and his book On Guard. Uh, I reviewed uh, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist is a great book. Does that have um, a moral argument section? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then... Well, um, I would recommend the um, the book I just read, The Morals of the Story. Morals if of the you, Story. If you wanted to focus yeah. on the moral argument, um, I think it does a pretty good job of painting a picture of not just this moral argument that we went through, yeah. but some of the other more... I mean, they, they kind of construct their own version that's an amalgamation of, of different ways of looking at the moral argument. Yeah. And um, I think they do a pretty good job. Yeah. And, uh, and also... Um, I would suggest looking at uh, a debate uh, between um, Sam Harris and William Lane Craig. Uh, oh. That is on uh, whether or not um, there can be a grounding for moral values and duties outside of God. And okay. uh, Sam Harris wrote the book, The Moral Landscape, um, trying to do that, trying to ground values in, in just human, in, human beings yeah. and nature and, uh, and uh, pleasure versus pain and uh, um, but uh, Craig definitely does, uh, takes him to task yeah. uh, in that in that debate. So, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. We will be discussing the cosmological argument, uh, the Kalam cosmological argument. So we hope to to see you there.
And uh, next time we'll be talking about um, these passages, like like we talked about earlier in the argument, Casey, where uh, people sometimes point to, and uh, though this argument is great to wield at that time, you can also give an answer to to those passages. So next time we're going to be talking about um, what um, Paul Copen asked is, is God a moral monster? And so looking at some of these passages that maybe give people pause and yeah. give them a hard time, and, and that'll be really fun. Yeah, uh, I think that'll be a good topic. Yeah. All right, so we will see you next time on the podcast. Thanks for joining us.